report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Hey, laser clickers! Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Steven, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined again by guest and friend of the show, David. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Of course. Very excited to have you on the show. Lots of exciting... This is, this is a big week. I mean, we this is Sunday as we're recording this. Uh, we're going to record the next two episodes of Rebels back-to-back. And, uh... Wow. Can you believe it's... <laughs> the week that the force awakens comes out do you know how long everybody has waited for the years it's finally here think about it it starts tomorrow but nobody really sees it until thursday yeah so tomorrow yeah so to tom's point tomorrow is the uh the premiere in in los angeles uh with the whole cast and crew and then the embargo review embargoes go up wednesday morning and then thursday's uh evening is when all the fans start to see it uh oh man it is it's, it's crazy. This will be Just, a week yeah, long remembered. <laughs> yeah, can't. In the archives of the, the I, I don't Star know Wars what random. Yeah, something I, like that. I'm losing sleep over this. Like I'm, I'm having like dreams about it. Yeah, <laughs> and I like exactly. about seeing the movie. How excited I am. Well, I, I'm doing the the, the mar- all day marathon Thursday, and it starts three at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm worried I won't be able to sleep the night before. Yeah. Or, or yeah. even like if I should, because now I'm thinking, oh, well, how crazy is the line going to be to get good seats? Um, That's why I went with Alamo Draft House. I already know my exact seat. That's, yeah, <laughs> That's I, nice. my, my screening on Thursday, it's the same thing. I know I'm definitely second row from the front, about four seats in, something like that. My son and I have those tickets, so I and, know and Thursday to, I have seats. And not to take it away from the people for the last generations who have waited in line for hours. And I think even in my city that there are people that are already lined up. Oh, there are um, out here too. Yeah. yeah. It, but I, it's just a much more civilized experience. I just want to go to the movie. I, quite frankly, I've, I don't want to wait in line in the cold. <laughs> so, you're saying, so what you're saying is lines are so uncivilized. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like a blaster. Well, who can argue with that? <laughs> now, William, do you want to tell us about what episode of Rebels we're here to talk about today? Sure, sure. Uh, this is Season 2, Episode 8, The Future of the Force. It was written by Bill Wolkoff and directed by Saul Ruiz, who I believe believe are both newcomers to the uh, the series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it was a, it was an enjoyable episode, and we got the return of the Inquisitors. Uh, in this episode, after the Empire's Inquisitors begin targeting select babies for abduction, Ahsoka Tano and the Ghost crew investigate. What they find is unsettling, and it all leads to a deadly confrontation with the children's fates hanging in the balance. I thought what was interesting about this episode, it was kind of like a... Because the Jedi would go and take younglings. But this seemed like this was more of a brutal way of doing it. When you, I know I'm jumping ahead, but this is almost like a reverse of what the Jedi would do when they go find their their padawans or the younglings to bring into the temple. Right. This is almost like flat out, you know, we're going to steal them. 
Yeah, in fact, it's um, and Ahsoka even calls this out later. There's a this there's very big similarities between this episode and Children of the Force from the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's the episode where Darth Sidious is basically kidnapping kids for his nefarious deeds, um, and, and and so you have very similar episodes in both the Clone Wars and Rebels where the Empire or the the Sith are, are targeting children for something we don't really know what. Is there anything uh, canonically that um, says, like, way back in the days when there was, like, the Old Republic, there was thousands of Jedi and thousands of Sith kind of thing? Um, do we have anything that we know from the history uh, of how the Sith basically reproduced their offspring, if you will, and then the Jedi as well? Did they did the Sith do this before, or do they just have people that grew up in their society? It, it's what you... Yeah, it's interesting because if I remember correct, what is that? The Lost Tribe, basically, they grew up within the society. Right. You, were, you basically that, did have like two separate societies, basically, that were warring. And then you had the Battle of Rusan, where um, where most of the the, the, Darth, the Sith were wiped out. Uh, and then they, yeah. Darth Bane instantiated the rule of two, and then from that point on, they would go and select them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, none of this is really canon now, uh, but, you know, the Lucasfilm story group still pulls elements from uh, right. from this, so it, it could still be um, the way it works. I know. Well, um, and just in a defense, like you know, um, in the what the Inquisitor's job is now probably is a lot of this uh, because now they don't have as many Jedi to hunt down, or they're at least doing their job to some effect in this, and then now they're basically going to find Force awares that are younglings, and then they're going to find them. That's what their job is, probably most of their job, I would imagine. Right. Now, the thing I don't know is, what is the purpose, right? My So when I watched um, Children of the Force back in, in the Clone Wars, my assumption was that they were you know, going to train them as dark Jedi. This is before we had the concept of Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. Um but then when I watched the Rebels Recon uh, episode for for um, the future of, of the of the Force, uh, I think it was Pablo Hidalgo or Dave Filoni mentioned something about how uh, he actually referenced that that episode from the Clone Wars and said that while they didn't call it explicitly, they were probably doing something much darker, like performing experiments on these kids, uh, mm-hmm. not just trying to train them in the ways of the dark side, which I found surprising. Uh, and it's definitely more creepy, and they didn't call it out in the episode. Um, so now we're getting into like dark. Nazi stuff. Yeah, it's it's very yeah. fitting for the Palpatine era Sith, though. Yeah. A lot of the old EU stories had a lot of that sort of creepy experimentations feel to it. I'd exactly, say. and and so what I want to know now is like in Rebels, are they doing the same thing here, or are they, you know, are they basically hunting them down to experiment on them to just wipe them out because they just or imprison them because they don't, you know, they don't want any force users uh, around at this point. Uh, or are they trying to train them as inquisitors? Is the, are these is this where like the the fifth brother and the seventh sister come from? Um, I'm uh, I, I've been really far behind on the uh, Servants of the Empire uh, series, uh, and so I, I've been spending this week before the Force Awakens comes out catching up on that. Uh, I'm about halfway through the the third of four books. I know I'm really far behind on this one. It's the only series where I've been behind on. And in, the, in this series, there is also the concept that was introduced in... Um, uh, what was the name of the episode? The Rebels episode from uh, season one that introduced uh, Zara Leonis 
It was Breaking oh, Rakes. Uh, Breaking Rakes, I think it was. Right. Yeah. Because they still have those books. I've yeah, got them and books. and uh, Zerleonis's sister. He he mentions that his his sister Dara, um, was uh was well she kidnapped went to, or disappeared as well. She, yeah, yeah, she disappeared. And there are hints, and I don't want to necessarily give anything away for those who haven't read read it, but there are hints that that may be connected to some sort of force user ability, force ability, mm-hmm. right? I think, may, I think does 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 uh, Ezra and Zare even talk about that at the end of the episode with the Inquisitors? I think so. Um, so, so. So the point is like that we've now seen at least three different things in the new canon where. Um, in the Clone Wars and Rebels and in the Rebel spinoff where they're targeting slightly older uh, kids mm. who have Force abilities. And so I just, I'm very curious what they're using them for. And are they going to become uh, Inquisitors? Is Zara's sister, uh, uh, Dara, Dara, I think it is, Dara, Dara, something mm. like that. Uh, uh, is she like actually the like the seventh me. sister, for example? I don't know. I know that there is some theories... I thought I saw some theory somewhere that maybe she ended up leaving and joining the rebellion. That was something that was thrown out there at some point. Nobody ever knows um, because this is all new stuff. Um, but that would be interesting if she does end up being in, just an inquisitor. I wouldn't say that would be the seventh sister. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on, on what these kids are being used for? I think it's to keep them away from being Jedi. I thought that was, you know, that to me is what I I see is why get it you know you're trying to prevent the Jedi from rising again what better way to do it is to go take their offspring and make sure that any child that's force sensitive will yeah. never grow up to be a Jedi and basically possibly train them to be inquisitors or do something nefarious with them yeah I, I definitely see it as a I imagine you take all these kids you put them in an, you know Sith training essentially and not all of them will make it and you know what no. that's a sacrifice that we're willing to make You'll either yeah, join could, us or die. And it could be that, I mean, in, in these stories and in the whole canon, they don't have to just really hash out everything. And so it could just be that this is not part of the story that they really need or want to delve into yet. They just kind of make it obvious that they're taking younglings. Um, it's kind of like, you know, they wear the same clothes every day. Do they ever wash them? You know, there's just parts of the story that yeah. they don't ever really hash <laughs> right. out where the bathrooms uh, are on the it's... Millennium Falcon. But, um, you know, <laughs> you can... So it might be just something that, you know, we hear think about, but really they're just like, yeah, they just don't want them to grow up. Like being Ezra, who's a pain in the butt, we'll just um, take them, you know. And yeah. So we may never know. It's interesting you mentioned clothing. I was going to bring this up later, but this is as good a segue as any. So we we have the baby we meet in the very beginning of the episode that the seventh sister and fifth brother take. Right. And it's all you ever, it's the traditional, like, swaddled baby. Like, it's just kind of an oval shape with the head sticking out. And this very particular pattern that's on the blanket. Okay. And they they draw a lot of attention to that pattern, which I thought was interesting, but I didn't know why. Later on, when we see the Ithorian child, there's a blanket behind him that that has an identical pattern to it, that kind of uh, squared line sort of maze pattern. I missed that. Like, I, 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 I was yeah. wondering why they it was such an it's such an in your face pattern, especially in the beginning of this episode, and then later on they just kind of dropped it. I found so I was like that's okay, that's kind of odd, and I'm really really curious now what if there's more to it or if it's just meant to be a a visual link, if you will. Like, hmm. is there supposed to be a link, some deeper meaning? Like we never find out how the fifth brother and seventh sister find out about these two, 
Mm-hmm. What if there's uh, something? It's the more same pattern on the um, mom's. Um, I'm looking back through it on the mom's hat too. Yep. And like, so. I wonder if maybe that's a is that a sign that's intentional by the parents? Or maybe they it's just seem like to know their children. You know, galactic Nike, though. <laughs> Could be. That would be funny if it was. That would. That yeah. Okay. Like that. Flag was in possible. that year. <laughs> No, but that, that that's a very interesting theory, because how how because there's something else that was brought up later in the show notes that if they are trying to find these children who are force sensitive, why is it at a certain point they're walking by actual Jedi and not even sense them and just yes. continue walking, mm. but they can sense possibly force sensitive children. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, those moments that I think this happens in the last couple episodes where these people who are, you know, force sensitives can feel other force sensitives unless they're like Palpatine, who obviously has this ability to mask that. Uh, but these inquisitors have sometimes sensed it, but not. And I feel like that's kind of a big plot hole that happens quite a bit is, you know, Ezra hiding from them. It seems like they should be able to pinpoint that. Uh-huh. Uh, well, because they have before. I wonder. Maybe it's because they're inquisitors and they're not. Uh, they're not Sith. <laughs> so That's true. they're not. They're not quite at that level. Sure. Uh, I, I swear. I've, I remember them having done that, and so that's why I thought. But maybe that was my imagination. I obviously can't go back and go through the whole series so far. But yeah, and I, I do. I do think you're. You're right about that. Um, so the episode starts off kind of ominously in in many ways. With, <laughs> sorry. I, that that, was, that would. I think that would understate it yeah. quite slightly. <laughs> it, it, had, it had a little bit of the creep factor in it again. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the opening. So, you know, you get this this passenger ship, and all of a sudden the power goes out. Uh, and the, the ship is on its way to, to Chandel. And uh, the, the power goes out, and this woman, uh, we never actually hear her name in the, in the, in the episode, but it's, her name is Darja. And, and her, her baby Alora, which I guess is a reference to the baby Alora in Willow, just spelled totally differently. Mm-hmm. They're, they're walking through this corridor, and all of a sudden, a Star Destroyer drops, drops out of hyperspace, and the Inquisitors, the fifth brother and the seventh sister, board and just start, you know, basically uh, stalking her, run right up to her. Um, they, they have this brief discussion about how he wants the baby, the fifth brother says this, and then he throws his double lightsaber down the corridor, At uh, the presumably yeah. killing all the other passengers. And then you get the Star Wars Rebels logo. Now, that's another thing when it comes to the Rebels, at least logo at the beginning. It seems like with every episode, the music changes because it's not the standard Rebel song, uh, fanfare yeah. at the beginning. I kind of I like how it's always a little different. Mm. Yeah, especially these. It's sometimes been really ominous at the very end. It's like yeah. uh, the end of these episodes have kind of left you in a dark feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, so that, that was kind of a, a crazy way to start it off. Stephen, what what do you think? I mean, the the episode guide says that he did this to scare off the other passengers, but it, it looked to me like he killed them. Yeah. So uh, you. They make a point of showing all these people who are crowding to the side of the corridor. And then he throws the blade down. You see it hitting the sides. Ahsoka comes through later and sees gash marks in the sides of the walls. I think they're all dead. I mean, that's just I, me. I think so, too. 
On the other hand, when Ahsoka comes through, she doesn't find any other dead bodies, or she doesn't remark on it at least. So maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, that, that maybe true. it didn't happen. But but Darja is actually still there. We see her. Um, uh, so uh, you know, she, she enters the ship, and, and you, like you said, there's all those lightsaber markings, and she she walks in the corridor, and she finds Darja, and we find out that the kid is actually her grandchild. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note, I didn't think she was a grandmother when I first saw her, but. Yeah, makes, I didn't think so either. So it makes me wonder who her parents actually are. Yeah. So in in this canon, we have not really established... There's no established thinking on how uh, Jedi children are born. Is mm-hmm. it a familial thing or is it random? And I wonder if this is the child of a Jedi. Uh, and the you know the Jedi were obviously killed or couldn't be around, and so the grandmother takes over. Oh, it's Ahsoka. Yeah. Child- <laughs> oh, okay, but is that the possibility when it comes to the pattern? Um, and that's that, that was one of the things I was thinking. Like maybe this—that's why the pattern is significant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, Stephen, I, I think I think it's kind of random. I don't think it's just maybe maybe having a, a parent who's a who's force sensitive will help. But it does seem kind of random to me based on some of the other things I've read in the in the new EU thus far. Yeah, Don't we have and, another. Sorry, go ahead, Stephen. Oh, uh, no, sorry. I was just gonna say that the only place where we are not given to imply randomness is with the Skywalker family, right? Because we right. have two generations of Force sensitivity, potentially more. Well, uh. we'll find out. You know what? We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll find that, out. Yeah. In about we'll find out in a couple days. days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the big rumors since the beginning, so you know, no, no surprises there, but. Um, did, don't we have another? So we have another baby in this episode. So didn't did that baby have a mom? Yes. Or, so uh, we find I, I we meet the mom. the mom. Right. Yes. So that kind of says a little bit about that theory. So maybe the mom's not force sensitive. You know. Yeah, Ura, I believe, is the mom uh, of the other baby we we see. Of the uh, what's the, what's the baby's name? I'm looking up in the show notes right now. Uh, Pipey, Pipey. It's an interesting name. Um, but dialing it back a little bit yeah. before, so that the passenger ship has been taken, and then we cut, of course, to the ghost on the planet Garal, which is the, the base they've been operating from for most of the season. Um, and Ahsoka shows up, and of course, Kanan's like, "Oh, shit, here comes, oh, excuse me, um, oh, geez, <laughs> here comes trouble." Um, that's what I get. And I, I like this line where Ahsoka's like, yeah, I'm here to discuss Jedi business with you. And Kane's like, well, I guess I qualify because he's kind of a Jedi, but, you know, not really. And I just love Ahsoka's line. Well, it's like, you qualify more than I do, so... Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. actually was a good line. And that's weird it, because I feel like she has more training than he does. It That's uh, true, but toward the end of the episode, we finally get to see her use her blades, and they're white. So yeah. that means oh, significant. Yes. That's significant. Well, I didn't want to spoil it. Well, you know what? You I just did. I yeah. just did. And in theory, everyone's already listened to the episodes. Yeah. So... Okay. You shouldn't be listening to the review or the talk about the episode if you haven't watched it. Yeah, you know, that's a very that's good fair. point. So, Some yeah. people might really enjoy spoilers before they uh, go and watch the, the, the episode. <laughs> that's, very yeah, true. that's weird. Some people read reviews before they go see a movie. It's very spoiler reviews. Can't do yeah. that. But still, no, you're crazy if you're doing this. So go watch yeah. the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Pause. It just takes 20 minutes, and then you come back. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Watching the episode will be shorter than just getting halfway through one of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <Yep. laughs> no excuse. 
so so that, so we go to to Garel. I think Stephen, you were you were trying to take yeah. us a step back, and um, you know, Ahsoka shows up and tries to talk to Kanan. And Kanan makes a joke like, uh-oh, I, I always enjoy seeing you, but whenever you show up, there's trouble. So, great. Uh, and then they said they have Jedi business to discuss. And uh, what we find out is that throughout this whole conversation, Ezra is actually listening on the other side of the door. And why oh, would he? In typical yeah, Ezra style. He's been doing this since the beginning. Yeah, well, I love that Kanan knows it too. Because she's like, okay, you're going to want to take Ezra with you on this mission, which we'll discuss in a moment. Uh-huh. And Kanan's like, well, that's good. He's already briefed. And she's like, what? And then he just opens the door, and of course, Ezra falls straight in. Yeah, he falls yeah. in. You know, but here, here's the thing that's still, that's still a little frustrating for me, is when they get inside, you know, she's like, she's briefing him on information, but she's still trying to gather, inf- gather information about the Sith Lord from Mustafar. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm... That's the one thing that's still. I don't know if she's playing with it. I don't know if she wants actual confirmation, but I'm sorry. I get this feeling that she has to know. Oh, I think she, oh, does, she does know. But so she knows. But what she's trying. I think she's trying to figure out is, is this Darth Vader? You know, she she has a feeling it's Anakin, right? Right. But she doesn't know why. She doesn't know. She wants to confirm this and make you know confirm what she is. Almost certainly positive. Well, she's failing. Right. Uh, and so she's trying to get more information about Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, they found the the Inquisitors, and they have to go rescue the the babies. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't really tell them what's going on. She just says, "Oh, you have to go retrieve something," and gives them some coordinates. She tends to do this quite a lot. Is it? Do you okay. think she just doesn't trust them? Oh, but is it? Is it not that she trusts them? Is it that she doesn't? I got the feeling she didn't know what was going on. She only had yeah. coordinates uh-huh. that the Inquisitors were going to do this. Because I would hope if it's babies being stolen, she would be the first one to say, hey, we've got to get you guys out to these coordinates because there's a possibility of a baby being stolen. I just get right. the feeling the way the episode is being played out that she doesn't even know. Yeah, that was my feeling as well. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so, of course, they they travel to the planet uh, Takabo and uh, to go to go rescue these uh, these children of the Force. Um, what did you guys think of the planet Takabo? Da- David, any any thoughts on the? Well, I, I like your fun facts that you put here in the notes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I'll read them for our listeners if you want. So, uh, according to the episode guide, the planet's name is likely inspired by the taco bar that Lucasfilm provided the writers on the day they were writing this episode. So taco bar became taco bow. Um, nice. and, and so that's potentially where the plan's name came from, although they, they didn't say definitively. They said it may or may not be, have been influenced by it. <laughs> um, they don't want to have to pay the guy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but wait a minute. If the guy is there, he's on staff, they don't want to have to pay him. That's my opinion. That, that, is, that is true, Tom. That is true. Yeah. Uh, and then they also say that um, the area of the, <clears throat> the... The city itself that they, they're in is called Takobo City. Um, but at one point, they, they mentioned that in the script... Well, they say that in the script, it was actually called um, Hammertown because of how many Athorians were in the area. And, mm-hmm. In fact, also, also known as Hammerheads, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. Um, but uh, but later in the, in the episode guide, they actually call the, the city... Um, 
uh, Hammer Town as well. So I believe it might just be like maybe the name of like the district or something. Um, so like does that mean the town runs on Hammer Time? No, oh, there you go. You made the joke, Tom. Fuck it. Boo. <laughs> Even Peel couldn't resist that one. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That is true. Moving on. But what did you think of the city, uh, David? Any, any thoughts on the on the location? Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and admit that um, to me they all get very confusing because, um, I mean, all the cities that they've been going to in Rebels – kind of all look the same and so I, I really think that that's it's nice that in the feature films they have you know the biome is the entire city or is, is the entire planet so you can tell oh this is desert this is forest this you know where they are right. but on these it's like everything looks the same and to be fair there's theoretically thousands of worlds and or more and so there's probably a lot of cities or uh, a lot of places look the same but I can never remember where they are or what and they say oh we're gonna go back to um, this planet, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, dude, and I forgot where we were. Yeah, I yeah, think I the think... only planet for... No, go ahead. No, Tom. Go ahead. Tom? But the only planet for me that, that I... It's Lothal. All the other planets right now seem like they're just kind of blending in, but Lothal, to me, seems like it's it's the easiest one to remember out of yeah. all of them so I feel far. like Lothal, even from the beginning, has always felt kind of plain in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily bad, but on the plain side. Gorel is, is a little more generic too. I actually like the the look of uh, of Takabo uh, a lot more because it had like all the, the lights on the outside of the buildings and mm-hmm. still still very much running through city streets. But well, and interesting they uh, when they're going into the spaceport, they have all these domes yes. on top, of, yeah. um, and it's you know very reminiscent of like maybe a, a traditional Middle Eastern city. Yes, um, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, and I think Tom, you pointed out that uh, you know, the you you can more clearly see the Phantoms' new engines oh, in yeah. this episode. Oh, I didn't Those even notice that. Beefed up. Steven, you didn't notice it? I oh, know. I'm kind up. of embarrassed now. That's uh, <laughs> that's disappointing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll I'll our, do better. As our resident vehicle yeah. expert. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm a little hurt right now. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, but the team splits up. And uh, you know, Kanan and Chopper, uh, sorry, Zeb and Chopper go to look for the Inquisitors, and and Kanan and Ezra head for the the housing unit. We get this really neat dynamic between Zeb and Chopper, where uh, and this this new new character, um, Zeb basically they, they find a baby inside of the Tie Fighter. This was fun, and oh, yeah. you get this great dynamic between Zeb and, and the and Chopper, where they're like. You know, I think Zeb says like, "I really hope it's a baby. It's not a baby Inquisitor." And Chopper makes some sort of like <laughs> angry noise, and Zeb's like, "No, we can't what? just leave it here." And Chopper makes some some some, some other noise. <laughs> Zeb says, "We'll blow up the ship after we get the baby. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> there, there was a great scene later on when uh, they've got the baby on board the uh, Phantom, uh-huh. and Zeb is talking on the comlink, and he's in the foreground. And in the background, you can see Chopper holding the baby in his arms, like rocking it around. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Tom, I think you mentioned it uh, last week or last time we did it reviewed where, you know, Chopper has these amazing scenes that have been always in the background. Yes. Yeah. So, Which just, I kind yeah. of like. You know, it's kind of nice yeah. if you look really closely, like Chopper's just being a goofball in the background. Yep. You know, and, he's always comic relief. Exactly. Yeah. And he, you know, it's it's usually done in a pretty, pretty well, too. It's not super obvious right. or in the foreground or annoying. It's just kind of in the back. And if you look, you'll notice. Um, yeah. 
And, and, at first, and, when they first introduced the character in Rebels, uh, episode one of this season one, I was like, "Oh, that character's going to be annoying because they're going to like he's there for the Disney, like he's there mm-hmm. for the kids, and you know, okay." And uh, but now I've really it's really grown on me, and now he's just kind of the funny one, and and how you like you know you love R two because all the reasons we do, and hopefully BB-8, and so uh, I think that's what the droids do in the Star Wars universe, is really just put everything back to, you know, little beings that don't care that much and don't take things too seriously. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what's interesting about Chopper is he's playing off of more characters than you have R2 and 3PO. 3PO and R2 play off together well with each other, yet Chopper right now, the way they've been writing him, can just about play off of Ezra very well, uh, Zeb very well, anybody in the show very well is how he's written. So it's it's an interesting dynamic how they're able to pull him off. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and, and, and so just throughout the whole episode, we get Zeb trying to take care of these babies and just you know not being able to. He can kind of handle it, but he's not not quite sure. You know, he, at one point he's talking to himself about how he's, you know, I'm Zebarellios, an honored soldier, feared oh, rebel, and funny. baby hunter. And I'm good at <laughs> at least two of those. I'm good at, I think he said, uh, he's good at uh, one of those things. Uh, <laughs> I guess that'd be feared rebel, I hope. Um, or maybe baby hunter. Um, you know, and they, and they find, they end up finding uh, a treadwheel droid with Pipey, because uh, the, the, the mom had given pipey uh to the droid to take care of and kind of uh, rescue from the inquisitors mm-hmm. and uh and so they, they take the droid and i think because it's an ethorian zeb's like oh that that's a baby i, I hope i'm holding it right side up because he has <laughs> no idea <laughs> yeah 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 but of course the uh the inquisitors show up and they they have a nice chase through the city yeah well that that droid didn't last too long because here you have zeb saying look you know i'm gonna take the baby because the the thing that was cool about it is it, it was almost like it's like the mother sent me to take the baby from you trust me okay yeah. i like how fast the, mother, the droid gives it up you know that yeah. is oh you're right okay <laughs> yeah well you know it's the proper code words it worked better this time than the last time they tried to use a code word well with the that is true tom that's very <laughs> i mean not saying much, but I well, it's not saying much, but, but sadly that droid didn't last as long as the gonk droid from the previous episode. Yeah. Because uh, that droid turned a corner and boom, it was done. That it yeah. It actually kinda of reminded me of uh of R two D two and Revenge of the Sith when you know when the heroes are captured on the invisible hand and uh, Anakin says, you know, R2 will be along in a few moments and then he'll release the ray shields and then you see R2 come flying out the corridor spinning around and screaming. Uh, kind of similar to that where you get the same type of shot and the treadwheel droid flies out from around the corner except this time he completely falls apart and yep. explodes. But kind of had that, that similar feel. Well, and this is where I felt that plot hole when um, if they're looking for this baby and it's force sensitive they should be able to follow the baby, you know. And mm-hmm. whereas it, they're cutting up the droid, which right. is consequential, and then all of a sudden they can't find the baby again. They didn't like look to their left and, and notice that the right. baby's like ten feet away. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the the, the, the baby just kind of listed to the left a bit. <laughs> which, there's a Star Wars commercial on the TV right now with the Millennium Falcon too. <laughs> that oh, I forgot nice. about that. You're right. You're right, Tom. I love it when Family Sorry. Guy made fun of that. Just a tangent. 
Actually, that was pretty funny. So, uh, Steven, I I'm curious. Did you notice the uh, return of a certain uh, Clone Wars and Rebels series regular? Oh, uh, no, I, I didn't. Spot? No, he didn't? No, I'm feeling bad now because I did not <laughs> notice that. What did I miss? We got a, the, I... the appearance of the Tuca doll in the uh, in, in, in Ura's um, oh, house. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the the the, the, the Tuka doll that um, we first saw in uh, in the Ryloth arc in the Clone Wars that one of the little um, yeah. mm -hmm. Twi'leks is holding in a sense has like popped up in many other scenes throughout the the series. So that was that was a nice little touch. That's right. I like how you know they're they. droids and stuff. And I like how every Inquisitor has their own thing, you know? Um, their own style, their own, you know, whatever it is. And her seems to be messing with these droids. The other guy seems to be slow and powerful, you know? Mm -hmm. But it, it is kind of cool that it's like the Marvel comics of everybody has a superpower kind of thing, you know? They have their niche. Yeah. Th that is the one thing about the Seventh Sister, because when right before you had Ezra and Kanan go into the, uh, the housing building she was able to at least take that droid and make it a sentry you know which i right. found interesting that that at least they were able to spot ezra was able to spot that sentry droid first when they walked in but he didn't realize it was still there at the end when he came walking out later yeah to uh, catastrophically uh revealing information discussing yeah. uh important secrets yeah but you know he's still learning i i so I could have sworn at first that he was doing that intentionally and it was part of some major trap that was going to play a part later in the episode. You know, or in the honestly, next episode. Honestly, I thought so too. It had like it just yeah. it had that feeling of like, oh, you know, be careful. We wouldn't want you to go to insert name of location here where there's so, nobody. That was one thing that was kind of disappointing. I felt like there wasn't a lot of Maybe it was more uh, maybe just obvious because sometimes they do have to kind of go through self-explanation that's just kind of self-evident because you know this is a all-ages kind of show. Yeah, and it sets up the next episode, which we'll talk about shortly. But right, right. But there, there, there's a cool little thing that happened when didn't want to jump ahead of ourselves, but you had Zeb, Kanan, and Ezra when they finally joined up inside the the house uh -huh. or the building. You know, Zeb, you know, he was able to calm the baby, but Edra, uh, Ezra couldn't do it. The baby loses it. And it's like, Ezra's like, I was trying to be nice, but Kenny's like, well, try holding him. You have the talent to connect. Use it. It's like, it's interesting that in some cases, like when you go back to the episode where Ezra was able to control those beasts on that planet, and it's like, what's inside of Ezra that he can't really connect or or it has to be reminded to connect on that kind of level. Right. Yeah. It's The force is not natural for him. No. Well, uh, because... Um, oh, wait, that's the next episode. Sorry. Um, there was something where he, he does... <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, he bad. does the same thing, and, and um, he kind of is like, oh, you use the force, and, um, and it's like, no, I just use my tricks. Mm -hmm. So that's right. still he's still kind of half and half. Yeah. Trickster slash young Jedi. Yeah, I really right. like the scenes no, we ahead. had. 
so I was gonna say I really like the scenes we had in the hotel where they're trying to hide uh, the baby, mm-hmm. and there's that moment where the seventh, uh, sorry, the seventh brother, the fifth brother apparently is incredibly good at sensing them. He starts throwing his lightsaber up through the ceiling above, and just watching Kano like, oh, okay, maybe we should be uh, moving and not standing right here where all the lightsabers are poking up through the floor. Mm-hmm. This doesn't seem like a good idea anymore. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a good idea, but there was also really good business in there when they were finally being, they finally escaped, you, they're being chased, and Kanan says, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to split up to buy time, and he told, told Ezra, keep your comlink open. So what Kanan did was the smartest thing. He found an empty room, put an open comlink in there, and basically kind of put the Inquisitors on a wild two-skate goose chase to follow that noise. So it bought him a little more time to distract well, the seventh brother and sister. And I love that line where the fifth brother's like, I, I can, they're nearby, I know it. And the seventh sister's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm the fifth brother, of course I know. Like, I, when am I, like, I'm never wrong. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't remember exactly what her line is, but it's something like, you know, like, uh, well, when you're wrong, I'm gonna laugh. And then, of course... Didn't she say something about, like, you know, you're only right when you're right or something? Yeah, some, she had some but... witty comeback about him being wrong a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the thing I wanted to mention too was that I I kind of feel like the episodes and and any middle season episodes kind of feel like they're trying out some new writers maybe or trying out some new ideas or something but it, they kind of rehashed some story elements and so here we go have Ezra again in an vent because or an air duct because he can fit and <laughs> yeah. it's like you're kind of in 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 the next episode too there's just some things that are just like okay this is kind of getting lame um, that we can't invent a new way to get out of a building um, but I, I know that what they do is they these middle episodes are kind of a, a lull until we're going to get some really good episodes coming up for the finale, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But at least in this case, when Ezra was inside, instead of crawling around, he at least went down. It was almost like an elevator shaft in one point, that he at least right. slid down a bit. And he gave the baby a heads up that, hey, you know, this might be fun as we slide down. Yeah, well, it it definitely is a, a you know it's, I think we've talked about it on the show many times where they they always seem to end up in um, in these air ducts always, always almost yeah. every episode, um, but it was kind of nice to have that that scene where you know, kind of like when they're in the room Ezra's in the 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 ventilation shafts and all of a sudden the the lightsabers start poking up in there and he's trying to dodge them uh, and scrambling backward so that was a nice little. Scene. He's trying to keep the, he's trying to keep Pipey as quiet as he possibly can, mm-hmm. uh, so as not to attract the attention of the Inquisitors. And then, in traditional Star Wars fashion, they just happen to have the rescuer show up. Yes. Yeah, I was in, right before the last stab. Yeah. Well, you know what would have happened if they didn't have the rescuer show up at the right time? It's like right. Uh, yeah, you got to move the story forward. Yeah. But I was like, it's kind of boring. Sometimes I just, you know, again, I know it's it's a show for all ages, but sometimes I want them to invent something more interesting. The speeder mm-hmm. felt a bit on the lazy side of me. Like, I was like, oh, exactly. how are they going to get out of this building? Like, are they going to go up to the roof and then have to, like, jump off and do something cool? No, it's just going to be, you know, your normal. Yeah. Okay, but at least, there. but at least 
how can you not deny this was a fairly decent line? It's like I know, it's like when they're going through the window, it's like I hope you know what you're doing, and then it's like Speeder, how did you know? And then it's like Kanan said, well, I I didn't. So <laughs> at least they know, acknowledge like, it, it, it was a lucky guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a lucky guess. I also enjoyed the return of the Flash Speeder, last seen on uh, Naboo in the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. which was a nice little touch. I I I had the uh, the Flash Speeder. Um, Lego? No, vehicle for my the Star Wars figures. Okay, I always had the Flash Speeder Lego, and it was always one of my favorites. Yeah. They also had the uh, classic Lars Land Speeder as well in this episode. Oh, you're right, they did. Yeah. But that one's been a little yes, more common in uh, the end. Like, yeah, I haven't seen the Flash Speeder in years. It's kind of the Chevy truck. <laughs> the, yeah, but the this, this did seem... To, to me, this was like, as soon as you saw it, it's like, oh, yes, it's the city car chase scene. You know, let's... It worked, you know, but it was like, okay. Sure. It, it was just basically to get them from point A to point B so that they could, you know, they could get to that, the they could rendezvous at the launch, the docking bay. Right. Um, and the, the doors are locked, so they basically have to make a last stand. And Ezra's kind of hiding by the door, holding Pipey, and, and Kanan has this really great fight with the Inquisitors. Uh, but, of course, he's knocked down pretty quickly. Uh, Ezra is pushed back against the wall so they're all on the floor and then I, well let's hang on a couple of things here first okay. I love so they, I love that they're building this like you know Kaden goes one on two and gets taken down and I was just like oh you've made me angry oh, and, like, uh, don't here, don't make me angry like and David this is like that moment like okay here's where we go kid show and Ezra does something amazing and manages to take down the two of them oh. it's just you know, he's, well, and, and he's dispatched so quickly yeah, and, and it's kind of like when I saw this all happen and they saw the lightsaber battle starting, I already knew the scene, you know what I mean? So then I'm just going through the scene to get to the next part, which was really cool, and I was like, okay, that was rewarding. Um, but I had to wait for, okay, he attacks, he gets knocked down. He attacks, he gets knocked down. It's the same kind of thing that we've done seen before. Yeah, so... But I, I did cheer on the next scene. <laughs> William, a question. Yes. Right, and the doors are locked. Why? Oh, the doors to the hangar. Why they're locked? Why are the doors to the hangar locked? Um, the only thing to come up with is that Soka landed. Is like, okay, I've got to make my entrance. Like, we we have awesome. to wow. <laughs> yeah, well, she's got to be bad. I'm lock the doors, and when the lock the doors, up, turn the lights on really good. Get, get the fun lights right behind me. Uh, yep. Put them right there. Okay, line them up. Go right, right. Center. Okay, set up the speakers okay. with the rock music. There you go. They go. No, they got the choral. You got the, got the, the orchestra, the, the chorus. Okay. So they got. Oh, that was cool because ACDC like, Thunderstruck. ACDC <laughs> Thunderstruck. A perfect song right there. I, I do. I did love the music because it was the throwback to um, episode one, um, lightsaber battle with Darth Maul. Uh, Duel of the Fates. Yeah, but it was yeah. also. A, I don't know if you noticed. It was a Sokus theme. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. Duel of the Fates, but it it was with the um, you know the, the where they kind of like chanted to Ahsoka's theme, you know, much more like uh, you know in the Phantom Menace or at the end of Revenge of the Sith or whatever. Um, so it, it, I really liked that that piece of music. So of course Ahsoka comes out of of the of the docking bay. I don't know why it was locked. <laughs> and dramatic effect. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we've just seen Kanan and Ezra go down quite quickly. I loved watching Ahsoka show 
the two Inquisitors what what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you can definitely well, tell this is the old school lightsaber um, training um, that is the old Republic had. It was just a lot of fun mm -hmm. to get to see an actual person who's done battles before. Yeah, and her her fighting style was it was familiar, but also more refined and powerful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, has she been training? Uh, you know herself over the years I don't know what but like she was at the top of her game in this yeah. episode um, it, she, she was just taking them out the, the, the fifth brother was dispatched pretty quickly he was knocked oh, yeah. out of the fight and then yeah. she went one on one with the seventh sister and there's that one moment where she shuts off her lightsaber to almost like to meditate the, mm -hmm. the seventh sister reaches forward to try to like, kill her I think she's like spinning the lightsaber and somehow she manages to grab the lightsaber because like, the seventh yeah. has a circular it. lightsaber she yeah. grabs the lightsaber turns it off uh and then like throws it out of the way and, and is able to um basically uh you know, the seventh she sister at this point is is defenseless mm -hmm. yeah. i thought for a minute there she was gonna like kanan did with the uh grand inquisitor destroy that lightsaber in her hands i didn't expect her to turn it off but the one thing I want well, to say—that was pretty undoing in some ways. Yeah, it yeah. was. But the, the one thing I found interesting—if you remember in the comics—and this is now "quote unquote" legends, there technically was a silver lightsaber. Yes. And wasn't that the, the, uh, was the Corrin Imperial Knights? Yes. Well, Cor who had also had a silver lightsaber? Wasn't it Corrin? Corrin, uh, no, no, no. I oh. believe, had a silver lightsaber technically. Yeah. The, we never really saw it on screen, obviously. The right. big Oregon comics, I should say, yeah. that I recall. The big silver lightsabers were the Imperial Knights, who all had right. silver lightsabers right. in uh, the Legacy That's right. series. That's true. And, so this is the first time it's it's seen, not only on screen, but in a, you know, in the well, new animated. canon. Yeah, yeah. And oh, was it cool? Yeah. She yeah. she still had the the. Oh, I forget the name of it now. The, the shorter lightsaber and the longer lightsaber, but now they were silver. Sh is it a Shoto? The Shoto, yes, thank you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I know that off the top of my head, but... Uh, <laughs> and, well, you're the uh, ship's guy. It was just so cool to see to see her, and it almost kind of was... I, I wonder why she switched away from her, her you know, classic blue-green. But, but okay, but, I can I see it now that I think she even said it at the beginning of the episode where she probably does not consider herself a Jedi anymore because she even told Kanan that he's more of a Jedi than she is. Yeah. She's just she's just a if you want to consider it a good force user. That is true. That is true. Yeah, cuz if you look at the flip side of that, you had Asajj Ventress, she really wasn't Sith, she wasn't a Jedi, she was just a Force she user. thought she was Sith in well, the uh, yeah, and, in, in not the Clone Wars, but in Clone Wars, she said, you know, her her big right. line was, "I am Sith." But but toward the but toward the <laughs> end, which is true, but toward the end, when she was in the last episodes of the Clone Wars, she was the bounty hunter, but she still had red lightsaber. Plans. Right, right. So she was just, I would consider her just like you know, Ahsoka, Force users. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, but unfortunately, the seventh sister manages to. Well, first she she talks about how you know ah Ahsoka's capture will please Darth Vader. Uh, yeah, and I wonder if she knows more 
then how much it would please Lord. Yeah, is it just, oh, it's a Force user, or, oh, it's your old apprentice? Or is it just, hey, let's put the word out, we need to find this Ahsoka Tano. Not so much that she knows it's an old uh, Anakin's apprentice. Exactly. But just, we we know this Ahsoka Tano still is in existence. We need to find her, and, oh, this would please Lord Vader if we were to bring her in. Right. So I'm very hey, curious to see. And I'm sorry, I just realized this, so I need to take one step back to the lightsaber conversation. Um, I'm looking at the uh, tr poster art from uh, Season 2 of Rebels, and the particular one I'm looking at is, you know, that traditional, everybody's kind of shooting or lunging or doing whatever, and Ahsoka's in there, and she has, you can't quite tell if it's a blue hue or if it's a green hue, or if it's a silver white hue, compared mm. to the other uh, Kanan and Ezra's lightsaber. So it just wanted to point that out. We probably could have figured out that her lightsaber was a different color a long time ago. Right. But we didn't even realize that because it's just a little bit different of a shade. But sorry, I just had to put that put yeah. that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stephen, I was gonna say I was so as I'm, I love this fight scene. Obviously, it, mm. it was hard, it, impossible not to love. But I was a little, excuse me, I was a little bit disappointed with how it ended. Because uh, we have a huge build-up, then Ahsoka's captured, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be, this will make for such an amazing cliffhanger, an awesome next episode. And oh, okay, Ahsoka's surrounded, but she's just gonna manage to leap up onto the Phantom as it escapes, and okay, we're done with the episode. Well, you kind of knew that was coming. I, I mean, I was you, hoping the next step. So, in this case, I know from I only watched the episode today. Um, I watched both of them today. So mm -hmm. last week, William was like, "Well, when we were talking about you know recording this week, he's like, yeah, you know, the last episode was kind of a cliffhanger. So, yeah, it makes sense to combine the two, and because they're thematically similar, I'm like, okay. So I'm I'm expecting some sort of cliffhanger at the ending, and like, oh, Ahsoka being captured. Now that would be a cliffhanger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, no. Actually, it wasn't really much of a cliffhanger at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I, like, looking back, I'm like, yeah, you did say it's kind of a cliffhanger. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, after I, you know, when we were talking about that too, I, I had, full disclosure, I think I'd watched that episode at like midnight or something after a long day at work. And actually the next one, <laughs> this is kind of funny, I watched it I think at 2 o'clock in the morning and I realized later, like, oh, I don't actually remember the last 10 minutes of the episode. <laughs> I was awake, but I couldn't tell you what was going on. Uh, so when I rewatched it in prepping for the, the show, I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's, I, I enjoyed it a little bit more now. Um, but yeah, no, it it did seem to be kind of a unabrupt ending, but they, they escaped, they got away. And... Um, Kind of happy ending. Yeah, the the, the babies are safe and sound. Uh, it sounds like they're joining the rebels. I don't know where they're keeping all of these people though. So I, I was actually so I, I rewatched. Um, uh, oh, I'm already blanking on again the the episode. Uh, I was talking about earlier breaking ranks. Uh, I rewatched breaking ranks earlier today as well, and. Uh, in that episode, you have this character, Jay, who escapes the Imperial Academy and, and goes with the Rebels. And so I'm starting to wonder, like, where are all these characters going? You've got Jay, you've got um, 
you've got uh, Ura and the two babies, and they've been picking up all of these people along the way. And are they going to Gorel? I mean, they, they discussed that in the beginning of the next episode that they're they don't even have they're very spread out, right? On 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 Gorel, they're not concentrated at all. Uh, so I do I do have to wonder where all these where they're keeping all these newcomers. Is it just a possibility? Because I think when you were saying breaking rank, ranks, the kid that they took out of the academy, is it just a possibility they're saying just go to the outer rim to the most furthest planet possible and just hope you never get caught? It's possible, but with Ura, they, they strongly imply that, that these characters will be living with them. Oh yeah, the, it seems yeah. like the Force Babies are going to be living with them. I think that's going to be the and- case, because they've got to protect them but whenever i when as soon as they said i'm like there's no way these characters these can live like above all else you i i shouldn't say above all i very strongly feel that you cannot have a jedi conclave of any sort before episode four exactly doing so completely removes the importance of luke skywalker Yep. Like, oh, you're you're our last hope. Oh, except for those like four Jedi children we've been training for the last five years in the ways of the Force. Four. They're... We've got you know well, these these, these... two so far, but well, I'm so assuming they're... well, I mean, you've got Ezra, you've got these other two kids, you've probably got some others. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, you know, we've got about thirty Jedi in the back over here and hanging right. out. And you wonder how much contact um, right now that Obi Wan might have with some of these. You know what I mean? Because he obviously knew. Bail Organa had something to do with the rebellion. You know what I mean? Like, so at what point do they know about each other, and um, then they communicate, and then that kind of leads into the point. Or um, just to kind of go against what you just said, Stephen, is what if they did try to start something up and then it failed, and then that would be the end of Ahsoka Tano? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I feel like they're going to either have to kill her off or put her off into the background for a long time. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel at this point. Yeah. But I would hope if anything like that happens it would it would be done in book like they did with Ventress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they might have the really show, heroic, the seventh uh... Oops. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was... Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, no, I was just going to say, so then the episode ends with uh, the Inquisitor ships are destroyed, but they know where the rebel base is on Garel. Yeah. And, and uh, well, we'll be paying you a visit very soon, Ezra Bridger. Ha, 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 ha. And, and, and actually, I think this is a somewhat important point, because that was a little odd in the next episode. Uh, the Seventh Sister says, you know, we'd love to visit you on Garel. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's where the episode ends. Um... And I'll leave that as my tease for part two, or at least our review of Legacy, which we'll be recording in just a minute. Uh, yes. But I think there's an interesting thread there with the next one that kind of gets dropped. Mm. So you guys ought to, to hit play on the next episode to uh, find out. Thoughts on that. But before that, final thoughts on, uh, on the future of the Force? good starting point to build on I guess when it comes to these first two kids the question is how is it going to all tie in to what's going on to the here and now yeah plain and simple yeah. so Tom how would you how would you rate this episode 
I I was hoping you wouldn't come to me first. You spoke up. (laughs) I know. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. You know what? I'm going to give this one a solid seven. Okay. I'm going to give it just a solid seven because Ahsoka came at the end, kicked butt, and took names. Done. Okay. That that there's really not much more I can say about it because it seemed like a lot of it was a standard. This is what's going to happen in the episode. We have a formula of Ezra's going to go into the ducks, the the ducks, not ducks, but the ducks. You've got you know um, the the comedy quack, quack. between uh, Chopper and Zeb and everybody else. So it's just it was a solid episode with the standard stuff you expect from one of these. So seven, I am going to take my seven Womp Rats. I think I was very nice to them last week. I don't know if I'm getting soft and it's getting close to Christmas time and the end of the year. I can't figure what cruel thing I could do with them in this episode. Unless, um... God, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. No, I think I figured it out. Zeb actually not only heard... Zeb and Chopper not only heard the baby crying in the Inquisitor uh, ships... But they kind of heard some <laughs> chirping or missed some chirping that was happening or squealing or whatever that was in the Inquisitor ships before they set the bombs. And they left the Womp Rats in the ships. <laughs> cruel. That was very cruel, and you know what? That was not nice. So, but well, I'm gonna I'll, go, I'll go next. Okay. I'm afraid I'm going to be the Simon Cowell of the group now, maybe. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start off with my Womp Rats and say that there was one Womp Rat crawling through the air ducts again, and it falls out and finds two other Womp Rats running from Ahsoka to make the episode a three. Because before that, I felt like it was really slow-paced. I didn't like the rehashing of the story materials, like I said. But then it was all better when uh, Ahsoka comes by and kicks the little tail. So um, I just felt like this was a middle episode that they paid for and had to get through to put something out in a week, uh, or for the week, um, to get to the next story arc. Um, I, I didn't feel like this was really something. If you miss this episode, I feel like the next episode's going to be fine. Interesting. 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 But Steven? if there's any creator of the show that happens to watch this, I love you guys and I love you. <laughs> I'm not trying to be that guy. I can't be as mean as Simon. <laughs> so, I'm going to give it a six and a half. And like Tom, I thought the opening, I, I thought, I really liked the opening with the ship and the mystery and kind of finding out what's going on. And I really like the end with Ahsoka, although not the random. The, or the kind of cheesy escape. Um, the stuff in the hotel just didn't really do it for me, though. I thought it was a, de- a good episode. It was just not something that really blew me away. Um, but with my six and a half womp rats, um, Ahsoka mentioned she was listening in on communication at Mustafar, and I'm here to tell you that the wampa... The wampa... <laughs> the womp rat spy network is alive and well. Oh, okay. Six and a half womp rats on Mustafar currently. And you don't want to ask what happened to the half. Oh, I think we know. Uh, okay. Obi Wan was know, involved. I think that's what she was listening to. Obi Wan was not involved in the uh, the halving of the of the other Womp Rat. Never. I think it was the lava. That yeah, half yeah. couldn't make it out. Oof, that, that's painful. Anakin knows. Um. So William. Yeah. So 
I think you know um, it, it was interesting to to have the the Inquisitors trying to kidnap the these force sensitive kids. I'd like to know more about what their goal is, what they're trying to do. Um, but it was still fun. We got some nice humorous moments between Zeb and uh, and the kids, and uh, you know some uh, awesome fight scene at the end, both with Kanan and more importantly with Ahsoka. Um, well, it you know wasn't didn't you know necessarily break a bunch of new ground. It was still enjoyable. I'm gonna give it uh, 7.5 Womp Rats out of 10, and uh, I'm gonna put all the Womp Rats. Uh, inside of the uh, inside of the Tie Fighter, and they're actually wrapped up like the baby, but they're 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 wrapped up in in, in the in the Tie Fighter, and I'll let Chopper mm. blow up the Tie Fighter. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he feels better. We are not Womp Rat friendly on this show. No, <laughs> we've never been Womp yeah. Rat friendly. We've, we've never, we've, we've never, which is which is pretty sad. <laughs> and with that, um, we're gonna record the next episode our review of star wars rebels legacy season two episode eight uh and uh so stay tuned with that that's coming at you very shortly it'll be in your feeds uh about the same time as this one but uh the synopsis for those of you who might not be listening to it right away after seeing his parents in a strange vision ezra believes they may still be alive he heads back to lothal for answers while the empire comes to Garel hoping to crush the rebellion. David, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. This is yeah, this is great. Sure. I'd love, l- love to be on. back on again. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know we'll have to have you on uh, the next episode. Yeah, okay. I think that works out very I'll be well. There. Yeah. Does, does your schedule yeah. work for that? Uh, I'll have to check and see what my week's like, but we'll see. Okay, sounds okay. good. <laughs> Let's see what your next hour's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans, by fans, and is copyright 2015.